preach the word in season, out of season. When it's convenient and when it's not is uh, it's not it's not at the time that you're supposed to preach, preach the word. At the time you're not supposed to preach the word, preach the word. You know, and the word preach there is simply the word to announce or to share. It's like, did you hear that Manchester United finally won a game this season? You know, that's that's preaching. It's announcing. It's sharing. So it's not a it's not a, a religious word. It's a word from everyday life. So we teach the word in that kind of way. Large groups, small groups, one-to-one, wherever, whenever we have the opportunity. Because the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is like a man sowing seed on the ground. So anywhere and everywhere we get the opportunity to sow the seed of the word of God, let's do it. What are some of the tools that God has given us as we seek to advance the gospel? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we hear the second of four podcasts taken from our October 2022 conference in Wichita, where Mike Trenier, former international president of the Navigators, shared from 1 Thessalonians. He speaks today about the incredible power of example, the power of God's word, and the power of love. The power of example. We thought about this verse as we were reading through the passage. You know how we lived among you for your sake and you became imitators of us and the Lord. I think one of the challenges that we have as believers is we feel comfortable generally with other believers. And, and we get sort of a holy huddle. And I told you, like, when I was on campus, I deliberately, at mealtimes, would go and sit with other students than just sort of sitting with all my Christian friends because I wanted to reach out and, and, and to, to make other friendships and, and get to know. But often our, our Christian lives are so busy and, and Pastor Al is here. Brother, thank you for being with us. But often church programs are so demanding of time and effort and energy that, that we don't have time to live among the people we're trying to reach. You know, Paul writes about the God in, in Colossians. He writes about the gospel coming to, to Colossae through Epaphras, a guy called Epaphras. And Paul says about Epaphras in Colossians 4.12, in the, in the greetings at the end, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, Send you greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. <laughs> what, wouldn't you like to have a friend like that? Wouldn't, what about being a friend like that? But Paul says he's one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus. My friend George, whose life impacted mine so deeply at university, was one of us. We hung out together. I played soccer with him. You know, we would sing folk songs. That's what you did in those days on campus. Seems strange now looking back, but, you know. And, uh, he, but he was one of us, a significant group of friends that would hang out together. But he was a servant of Christ Jesus. 
That combination is incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful. One of us and the servant of Christ Jesus. May God help us to be people who live among. You know, John 1.14, when John is recalling the impact, how he became a disciple, he says, um, John 1.14, somebody can quote that for sure in a room full of navigators. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father. Well, we're not Jesus, but by God's grace, we're being made like Jesus. And the best chance of people seeing Jesus is that they see Jesus in us. I, I had a friend in Nigeria when we were friends with Bob Tors, Bob and Mary Torsic back then, um, trying to remember his name, but it's gone from me, who used to say the the translation, the most read translation of the Bible is the translation into daily living. What people see in our lives. And that's challenging on many levels, isn't it? It's, it's, it's challenged to be holy, righteous, and blameless. You are witnesses of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you. We have to pay attention to, the, to what people see in our lives. I love that chorus that goes, we don't, I don't hear it sung anymore, but it was sung a lot when I was, when I was a, a young Christian. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wondrous compassion and purity. Oh, thou spirit divine, all my nature refined, till the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. May God help us both to be living like Jesus, to be in growing in the character of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, and then to live among. So people have a chance to know us and, and see. I've got that there, the most widely read translation of the Bible's translation today. Those we disciple need to be able to see God's grace in operation in our lives. That was a key thing, a key understanding thing for me was that looking back, I remember that George, you know, he, he wasn't, my friend George wasn't perfect. And there were areas of his life that he struggled with, but seeing God's grace in operation in his life was hugely impactful for me. So it wasn't just seeing he was sort of like perfect in every area. I remember him having a struggle in that first year on campus. He, had a, he got quite close with a non-Christian girl who he had a thing for. And I, you know, I was his friend, and he was helping me spiritually, and I was watching him struggle with that, and I learned so much because he was open about his struggle. He allowed me to see God's grace at work in his life. He wasn't sort of, as Paul says here, we didn't wear a mask. He wasn't pretending. And then John 1.14, he thought about it. Okay on that one? So prayer example. And then the power of God's word. We preached the gospel to you, the message of salvation. You know, someone has said about the gospel that it, it's like a pool 
uh, a pond that a child can can paddle in safely, and it's like an ocean that a theologian can drown in. The gospel is amazing like that. It's both um, a simple message. You know, the night I came to Christ, I've still got the piece of paper in our loft back in England in a file that the night I came to Christ, that businessman drew out the Bridge to Life illustration. If you haven't seen the Bridge to Life illustration, and it's not something you're familiar with, find someone here today who can show you that illustrations. Still, for me, the clearest, simplest presentation of the message of Christ and why he came. And I remember that night, you know, that Gordon drawing that out for me, and like the light came on for me. And he shared John 1.12, you know, to all who received him, Jesus, John speaking about Jesus, to all who received him, he gave power, right, authority, privilege to become sons of God. Because Gordon had asked me, was I a Christian? And I said, yeah. And he said, how are you a Christian? I said, well, my parents are Christians, you know. And he said, you know, God has no grandchildren. You don't become a child of God by being the son of a child of God, but by receiving Jesus. Have you ever done that, he said. And I said, I think so. And he said, I think you'd know if you had. And then he opened, he opened the Bible to John 1.12, and, and he explained it to me, what it meant to receive Christ, using the scriptures. And I was there like, wow. And drawing the bridge to life and turning me to scripture. And God, you know, we, we talked about it earlier, Jesus Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man scattering seed on the ground. And what's the seed? In that illustration of Jesus, the, the parable of the sower comes just before that. It's the, it's the, the word. is like seed. And seed lodges in the heart and mind. And, and, and when the conditions are right, what happens to seed? What happens to seed when the conditions are right? germinates. So what are the the right conditions in the heart of a person for the seed of the word of God to germinate in their life? Yeah, think about that. I won't answer that question for you, but think about it. What are the conditions in the heart of a person? Because Jesus made it clear that the seed sown falls on different types of soil. Even in Jesus' ministry, when Jesus was the one sharing the word of God, not everyone came to faith. The parable of the sower makes that clear. But where the conditions in the heart are right, the seed germinates and God's word works. There's the example of Jesus' teaching. So, so then we share the gospel and the value of a simple gospel presentation. And I, I, you know, I've used different ones over the years, but I think the, the bridge to life is the one I would encourage. It's sometimes called the four spiritual laws. Um, same illustration. Simple. The gospel is a message about God. It's a message about us as people. It's a message about Jesus 
what Jesus came to do. And it's a message about salvation, being rescued from the mess we make of our lives and rescued in a way that's not just for this life, but eternal salvation. It's the value of a simple gospel presentation. But then the depth and majesty of the gospel, a lifetime study. I don't know whether this is something that you've done over the years, but you can take those four great words that I just mentioned. God, man, woman, human beings, Christ, salvation, and just be sure that you have really studied the gospel, the, the, the Bible to understand the depth and the majesty of who God is, the, the tragedy of who we are, the marvel of the incarnation and what God did in and through Jesus, who he was, what he was like, and then salvation. What does salvation mean? How do we experience salvation in the present? How, in what sense are we being saved every day? And what does it look like to eventually enter into the fullness of salvation and all that God has planned for us? The gospel. Teach the word of God. Teach the gospel from the word of God. Teach the word of God in its fullness. Now, you, you say, well, I'm, I'm not a pastor, and I don't, you know, I, uh, you know, I've not been to Bible college. But I think that the sharing of the word of God with people is something that we should all have the privilege and joy of doing. And, uh, you know, it can be as simple as, oh, this is what I read in the Bible this morning. I wonder what that means. What do you think? That can be very powerful, not necessarily having answers, but questions and pointing people to the Bible with our questions. We've got some friends who don't know the Lord, and um, we've been praying for them a lot. And uh, her, the wife, her, her brother died in tragic circumstances recently, and um she asked us because she knows, you know, who we are and, you know, what we think and believe. And she asked us, what passage in the Bible, she said, I don't know the Bible at all, what passage in the Bible should we use for the reading at my brother's service? So he sent us some suggestions and, um, you know, and she, they chose John, John um, 14, 1 to 6. And this opened a door for us to talk about. So what what does that mean? You know, what does that look like? And not just coming with answers, but letting her ponder the text. So we can all, I think sometimes, you know, we read the scriptures. You know, Paul says to Timothy, preach the word in season, out of season. He says to Timothy in in, um, 2 Timothy 4. And we sort of think of a, you know, we read that and we think pulpit, church building, microphone, you know, seminary degree. But that's not what is meant by Paul in that passage. Preach the word in season, out of season. 
when it's convenient and when it's not is uh, it's not it's not at the time that you're supposed to preach preach the word at the time you're not supposed to preach the word preach the word you know and the word preach there is simply the word to announce or to share it's like did you hear that manchester united finally won a game this season you know that's that's preaching it's announcing it's sharing So it's not a it's not a religious word it's a word from everyday life. So we teach the word in that kind of way. Large groups, small groups, one to one, wherever whenever we have the opportunity because the kingdom of heaven Jesus said is like a man sowing seed on the ground. So anywhere and everywhere we get the opportunity to sow the seed of the word of God Let's do it. But do you remember Jesus said the good man out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So if we're going to be people who share the word of God, we want to be people who are storing up the treasure of the word of God in our hearts and minds. Because what's in the well is what comes up in the bucket. The power of love. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. And I said earlier that the power of love is that, well, it's an amazing thing that should work powerfully for us as the people of God. And maybe one of the reasons the gospel spreads and grows so powerfully is that, or has done over the last 2,000 years, is that God has made us as human beings. So we have a desperate longing as human beings for love. And that, that of course, can get broken in people's lives from you know, experiences and abuse and so on. But basically, it's true that in human beings is the longing to be loved, even very broken people. I remember reading the biography of Susan Atkins, who was one of the Manson gang who murdered Sharon Tate back in the 1960s, late 60s, I think. Um, for the younger ones of you, that probably won't mean anything. But she was sentenced to death. Then it was commuted to life imprisonment because California abolished the death penalty at a point. And she spent her life in prison. She died in prison about um, 10 years ago. A, a high school friend went to visit her in prison early on when she was first incarcerated. And she, it was the, that was the only person who visited her. She was so broken, such a mess as a teenager, and got caught up in that Manson thing. And um, this young man who'd been her friend in high school came to visit her in prison, and she was, like, hostile towards him. She writes in her, in, in her autobiography, 
And he just, he, he tried to talk to her and she was sort of repeatedly hostile. And in the end, he really, he sort of gave up and he was just about to leave. And he said, he said to her, um, Susan, I just wanted you to know that God loves you and I love you. And she cursed him and swore at him and he left. And you wonder what on earth was going on in his head. She went back to her cell and she could not get that out of her mind. Why this person had come and visited her at all. She then wrote and asked the prison authorities if she could have a Bible. And she started reading through the Bible. And one night she had a dream that Jesus was knocking at the door of her cell. Wow. So it's a, an incredible story. And this lady spent the rest of her life in prison up until she died. But from prison, she had a ministry to broken teenage girls who had suffered abuse and were in trouble with the law and love, the power of love. Because in all of us, however broken we are, there's this longing for love. And God has put in to us, his people, his Holy Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Those are a couple of other things that people want badly. So it ought to be that the people around us, there's this magnet in them and this magnet in us. You know, they desperately want love. We have love pouring out of us from the Holy Spirit. Should be like this. The power of love. Deep personal involvement in the lives of those you disciple. Paul, Paul talks about like a parent with a child, like a mother loving, loving their children and a father caring for his children. That's the kind of love. I find that very challenging because I know the love I have for my children and my grandchildren. But to have that kind of God-given supernatural love for the person who checks me out of the grocery store. Yeah, that's what draws people to Christ. That's what opens people's hearts to prepare to receive the word of God. So here we are, the power of prayer, the power of example, the power of God's word, the power of love. Where do you think you best start with people? Where did Paul start in Thessalonica? I mean, you can read Acts 17 and read the passage about it and try and answer that question. You know what I'm going to say? I don't think it matters where you start. Some situations, God puts you in the situation, it's right to start by sharing the gospel. But it shouldn't finish there. Other places, it starts with prayer. New neighbor moves in next door. With your kids, it probably starts with love. But then pretty soon they begin to see the example. 
You start to focus prayer, and then as they're able to understand, you begin to drip feed the word of God. But it doesn't matter. I, I don't think it matters where you start. I, I had a very close friend who grew up under communism in what was then Czechoslovakia. And he came to Christ as a young man and had an incredibly fruitful navigator ministry. He was the navigator pioneer of a whole network of ministries through East and Central Europe under the communism. And I once talked to him about, you know, how, how do you, how did you do that? And of course, he said, well, there's no law against love. You know, in fact, that's what Paul says. He says, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, so on. And against such, there is no law. And Milan told me about situations where he would be called in by the secret police for interrogation um, because they knew that he was doing something, but they could never quite pin it down. And he told me stories of situations where it ended with the person who was interrogating him in tears. And this man said to him, I don't understand that I'm here interrogating you. I could put you in prison and you love me. So, and, and then he told me about the process they would go through, he and his wife, to be at the point to take the risk to share the message of God's word. He used to call it the golden moment. He told me about a, a woman who'd been put to work. His wife was a pediatrician, pediatric doctor, and uh, they had put, the communists, the police had put a lady alongside her to work as an administrator who was in the employment of the police to spy on her and check her, you know, and to come up with stuff against her. And after some years, this lady's daughter was very ill and, and Boba went to take, help take care of her over the weekend. Um, and this lady confessed to Boba, I've been here spying on you. I've been watching your life and taking notes and submitting reports. And she said, all you've done is love me. And Boba said she knew that was the golden moment. So she said, would you like to know why? And she shared the gospel. And that lady came to Christ. And I was introduced one time visiting Bratislava in church on a Sunday morning. I was introduced to the lady who was there with her daughter. And we could all spend hours, couldn't we, telling stories like this? But we need intentionality, don't we, to put these great, powerful principles to work in our lives. So may God help us and may the gospel come to those around us, not simply with words, but with words at the right time, but also with power and with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know it's true, you and I don't have to be seminary graduates to impact our world for Christ. God doesn't care as much about your ability as He does about your availability. Are you available for God to use you in your part of the world? Perhaps you can start today by praying for the Lord to send you someone in whom to invest. Or perhaps you have a neighbor, a friend, a child, a brother or sister whom you'd like to help spiritually. Won't you pray about an opportunity that the Lord might give you to pour into their lives? Join us next time as we hear more wisdom from God's Word through Mike Trenier on Making Disciples Naturally.
The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.